Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading the Thunderblogs NBA preview. Had a great time breaking down the NBA this season with Emily Anderson of thirdandgirl.com. This is the Western Conference. We also recorded the East right after this. You can find that in a separate podcast. So enjoy the West here. We make our uh, NBA Finals picks in the second half. But as always, please like and share the podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports is the handle for Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, ThunderblogSports.com. Go check out Emily's stuff at thirdandgirl.com. But as always, enjoy this episode. Thanks again. And we are live. Welcome to the Thunderblogs NBA season preview for the 2017-2018 season. Obviously presented by Thunderblog Sports in conjunction with thirdandgirl.com. And with me is thirdandgirl.com's Emily Anderson. Emily, how are you? I'm ready. I'm pumped. I've probably been the one spearheading this preview in our household, Yep. so I'm ready to go. Yes, you are indeed, and I'm excited to do this. We've talked about trying of how to get our basketball and hockey coverage in. Didn't really do so successfully in getting an NHL preview, but stay tuned for hockey coverage within the podcast. Uh, But yeah, this is our our basketball preview, very very similarly to our NFL preview when we did that with Matt and Alan about a month plus ago. We're going to do it by division. We're going to go reverse order of, of where we think these teams are going to end up. Um, we are. We can also go in alphabetical order if you have if you don't have them in there in in their you know, specific spots. Um, look at their over unders. Go through that. Kind of just break down every team uh, and and go from there. Then make some playoff picks and so on and so forth. But. Emily, we're going to start right with the Northwest Division since you do have them in a certain order. I don't know what order I have them in. Yeah, we'll start with your top team. You, you know got... what order I have them in? What do you have them in? I have them um, the order in which they brainstormed out of my head. Ah, all right. That's, <laughs> so that's right. The Utah Jazz came out first. The Utah Jazz came out first. <laughs> interesting. So tell me a little bit about the Jazz. What are they looking like this season? Obviously missing Gordon Hayward after after uh, free agency, but what else has been going on with them since we uh, last saw them in the playoffs? Yeah, so Gordon Hayward was definitely a big loss for them. I know that they were trying to keep him there. Who wouldn't try and keep him there? But they still have some strong role players. Ricky Rubio, obviously spearheading that. Um, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors. Um, a big loss for them in this preseason is Dante Exum, who – after missing the 15-16 season with an ACL, has has a separated left shoulder and could once again miss this entire season. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's not fun to see by any means. We um, in Philadelphia know about injured and missing entire seasons, so I have sympathy for the Utah Jazz fans. Yeah, and it'll be interesting too to see how they kind of they bounce back uh, from from missing Hayward because they have a, have a couple different ways that they could have. You know, attacked it, and, and Hayward would be the the backup there. Apologies if you can hear those uh, motorcycles in our neighborhood flying through, but that was a thing. Um, yeah, but they have you know they have Gobert and Derek Favors as you know, sort of a twin towers approach. They also good guards. Rick, Ricky Rubio's in there. Uh, Ferrati went over to Utah 
before I started doing a little research. But it, but Hayward was always kind of that fall point, and now that now that it isn't really there for them. So we'll we'll see how they go. Um, they are they are somewhat deep in terms of their their bench, so they have they have that to go forth. Yeah, they have a lot of players, good players. I just I think that in their mind, their plan was to build around Hayward as their star, as the face of their yeah. franchise, and now he's gone. So it's kind of like, will Rubio take up that mantle? Like, who is going to come and be the face of the Utah Jazz, you know, own that city, be that person that leads the team to either another playoff um, berth or to not a playoff berth if we can't, they can't find a leader. Yeah, so so kind of getting right on to it. They're over-under wins. I have at 40 and a half, which – that number itself has not traditionally been a Western Conference playoff berth. It's it's been an East. Yeah, uh, definitely it could, an East. It could potentially be a playoff berth going forward, but we'll we'll talk about that. I'm sure in a little bit. Um, the news that, that Adam Silver announced the other day. Um, but forty and a half. I i I could see them. I could see them being right around forty, maybe thirty eight wins. I'm gonna go under there. Yeah, I would take the under as well. When I was looking at the West versus East and, you know, trying to pick my teams that I thought would make the playoffs, I, I didn't pick them. So they don't, they don't have a good, strong rookie class from what I'm – I mean, they have they had the 13th pick in the draft. They took Donovan Mitchell from Louisville. So they don't have that, like, star-making rookie of Dennis Smith, Alonzo Ball, uh, Mark Fultz, knock on wood. Um, don't really have that spark. I think the spark is missing in Utah. Do a Philadelphia favorite Josh Hart though, so we'll see. He's a Laker. Oh, uh, I thought. All right. Well, ESPN is <laughs> lying to what? me. What? Yeah, they have Josh Hart, Tyler Lydon, Thomas Bryant, Nigel Williams, Goss. That of, is true. Of the Gonzaga, they might have picked him and traded him. It might have been a pick and trade. That's very true. It could have been. Well, ESPN failing on, on this front here. But, uh, yeah, so th- so there's the Utah Jazz for us. Next team that we got for you is Denver. The Nuggets coming in this year, uh, hoping to kind of bounce back after a wonky year last year. Emily, what's your, what's your take on Denver? Um, I like this Denver team. I think that they're kind of putting all of their eggs in the basket in the roster that they currently have. They mm-hmm. – Gave uh, Gary Harris a four-year, $84 million extension, which doesn't, with what they paid Mason Plumley with a deal earlier this summer and the signing of Paul Millsap, not sure who that is, but <laughs> signed him. Um, it doesn't leave them a lot of wiggle room cap-wise to you know, pick up a big free agent in the upcoming summer. So I think they're kind of saying these are our guys. We're going to develop them. We're going to see what we have with you know Emmanuel Moutier or Jamal Murray, the Joker. Yeah. Nikola Jokic, I believe. They also have Will Barton, guy that that proved pretty well uh, when he was back with the uh, the Trailblazers. Uh, was trading time with CJ. This is before CJ became CJ, but yeah, he definitely a uh, a lot of building blocks there. And and I agree with you. I like this team a lot. Um, kind of have to hope they stay healthy though, in in sort of figuring out what their success is in terms of how they'll do in sort of this clogged. Let's say eleven or twelve in the Western Conference, and who kind of fills out where. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll figure out how they look pretty early, I'd say. But I again, I think 
the injury bug is is one to avoid if you're if you're Denver. Right. And let's look at their over unders. Denver's at forty five and a half. I think I have like East Itis where all of these numbers just seem way too high. I'm like, I, no, I like this number. No. I mean, that's a good point though. You're playing, we just mentioned, I mean, there's a group of eight teams that can be all be battling for eight spots right. that aren't playoff spots, mind you. But I like that number. I'm going to take the over. How about you? Um, Looking at the West and, you know, keeping the teams in mind that I think will make the playoffs, including the Denver Nuggets, um, and the way that teams in the West can win, unlike teams in the East, I guess I would have to take the over. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, moving on, next team that we got, Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. This is going to be an interesting team this year. Returning you know, a lot of talent. Like we just mentioned, though, with injuries, you got to make sure the big man, Mr. Carl Anthony Towns, stays healthy. Um, and and kind of looks a little better on defense. Uh, he's not the best defender. Um, he's great under the rim. He's great blocking shots and all that power. But I don't know that he's you know a perimeter defender. You yeah, know, he wants to block the shots. He wants to swap the ball. Away. Well, the team itself. I mean, they were twenty seventh in points allowed per possession last year in, in Tibbs's first year with the team. Um, How happy is Jimmy to be back with Tibbs? Oh, he's got to be. <laughs> so oh happy. My God, he's got to be. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun team. Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, Chef Teague all can shoot the shit out of the ball. Carl uh, Anthony Towns loves to swat away the ball. You know, you know, and a lot, a lot of other, a lot of other versatility within this lineup. Very dynamic and how you can set it up. Um, they're a team that you might also be seeing, maybe trying to figure out some trades. I mean, not sure the the NBA trade deadline along with the NHL trade deadline have have sort of fallen from what they once were, and the offseason has certainly taken over for that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how this team can go. I, I think um, pretty optimistic on hopefully a down year for injuries, sell injuries if we're <laughs> going to do a little stock market game and, and buy Minnesota stock, I'd say. Yeah, um, I think that the addition of Jimmy Butler to this team, I'm hoping that his defensive mentality kind of – Bubbles over onto the team. You know, Andrew Wiggins is not known as a great defender. No. Um, but he has the capabilities to be. He's, you know, he's big. He's he, he can defend the ball. It's just a matter of effort. It's a matter of mindset. And I'm hoping that Jimmy Butler can bring that to this team. Um, fun stat fact that with the addition of Jimmy Butler, the Minnesota Timberwolves are the only team in the NBA besides the Golden State Warriors who have three players who averaged 20 points a game last year. Interesting. So the offense is there. If Jimmy brings the defense, if his defensive mentality bubbles over to the rest of the team, I think the Timberwolves look great. Yeah. So according to a couple of articles I read, internally they're hoping for a 50-plus win season. Vegas has them at 48.5. A stretch, I'm going to go just under with that. I'm going to take the over. And take the over? I like, I, I like this. I like the Jimmy Butler edition. I like Jimmy and Tibbs back together. I just like it. Yeah. I mean, it's a – I mean – you don't really talk about it that much. Everybody kind of thought the Scott Brooks going to the Wizards thing would make a difference on where Kevin Durant ultimately ended up. It didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy coming this this way obviously was by way of trade and not through free agency. Free agency, but it's still. I mean, you know, you, you got to figure he kind of gave a little nudge on where he wanted to go, uh, and yeah, he's got to be happy. That I mean, that chemistry it's it's important there. But we move on to. A uh, team that that 
I'm wouldn't say is my West team. I'd really just like to focus on the Sixers, but a team that I've paid a lot of attention to in the last four years, the Portland Trailblazers, featuring my classmate from Lehigh, CJ McCollum. They um they're gonna be looking for I'd say, or at least in trying to figure out how to build that starting lineup around Dame, CJ, Yusuf Nurchich, um, and and yeah, really I think the other two spots are kind of like yeah, they're like, re- that's going to be Evan by committee. Yeah, is that gonna what be, we're doing? Yeah, it's going to be by committee. There's a lot of, of figuring out what the hell is going on with this team. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I'm excited for them. I mean, it's always fun to see those two get together and Dame and CJ, one of the better backcourts in the league. Kind of just stinks though that that small market team. You lose the Marcus Alders a couple of years ago, and you know you just gotta gotta figure out what you're doing there on defense. They let up a lot of long balls, um, not much better inside the arc. Um, but <laughs> if Mister Et can <laughs> can have a renaissance for him, yeah. That being said, um, those three players, like you said, Dame, CJ, and Nurkic, I think that they're they're poised to make another jump this year in their skill. I mean, I think, you know, CJ graduated with you. So he's what, 27 years old. He's like really coming into his maturity now. He might even be 26. He was, he was young for our year. You know, that's like when these players, you know, they're not boys anymore. They're joining the ranks of men. They're getting that strength back. Um, I read today that Nurkic has dropped 35 pounds in the off season. Really? So he's going to be more mobile, faster. Okay. All of that. Also, they they I think they had a pretty successful draft. They drafted Zach Collins from Gonzaga mm-hmm. at number ten, and they also drafted Caleb Swanigan from Purdue. Who, from what I was reading um, at their media day, all of the players said that he was the one that impressed them the most with his work ethic, with the strides that he's made. So look for those two rookies to maybe make an impact. Maybe not at the beginning of the season, but as as the year goes on. Yeah, the, the interesting thing with rookies and and. Uh, how we are hopeful here in Philadelphia, but rookies can have you know a net zero, net negative effect within within their impact in the sport. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how Portland goes. Um, Vegas has them at a forty two and a half over under. I don't like it, unfortunately. For as excited as I am to to watch those two get together, I think they finish just under five hundred. So I'm going to take the under. Um, I think what we're going to find is as we're doing these over-unders, I'm going to take like the over on everyone and it's just not going to be mathematically possible for me Mm -hmm. to be right. Um, but I think I'd take under on that one too. Okay. All right. Any, any particular reason or just similar, similarly to me? Just because I feel like I'm going to pick the over on a lot of these other teams and I need to pick the under on someone. Okay. All right, so rounding out the – I almost said the American League East because I'm looking <laughs> at baseball scores. Rounding out the Northwest Division, we have oh, – I said East. <laughs> yeah, um, but the Yankees just scored a run. Wine's um, getting to me, guys. All right. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, a lot of big moves in the offseason, and it's going to be interesting to see how those moves pay off for them. I am so excited to watch this team play just because I don't know if it's going to be amazing or it's going to be, it's going to implode. And either one I'm really excited to watch. Yeah. I, I, I'm 
a big believer that at some point Russ is going to punch Carmelo or Melo is going <laughs> to punch Russ. One is going to happen. Ho- hopefully it's in a game so we get like just all the video evidence of it and not some like, oh, closed door player fight type bullshit. But, I, I mean, I think it'd be – if these guys can get along – because like everybody was really, really critical on what's going to happen with CP3 and James Harden, which we'll get to. This is that on steroids. Every, what everybody's fearing about those two, that's what these two are. Insert like Barry like, Bonds, Jose Canseco. Exactly. Jose Canseco level like craziness. Steroids. Yeah, Not I mean, steroids. Well, I'm saying steroids <laughs> in terms of just blowing up the situation. Not, you know, we're not accusing anybody. We're not accusing anybody of taking performance enhancing drugs. We're talking about the situation itself. That's using performance enhancing drugs. No players, situation. Anyway, I think it's good. I mean, we could see a lot of like of news of closed door player meetings trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I mean, who knows what Paul George is going to think? We're not even talking about him, and he was their original big deal up until about two weeks ago. Yeah, and just to even, I feel like we almost got ahead of ourselves to set it up. The Thunder got Paul George and Carmelo Anthony in this offseason, yeah. as we've kind of alluded to. Yeah. But both of these trades – well, Paul George wasn't a trade, was he? Free agent signing. Uh, I believe free agent signing. Maybe a trade. I don't – relevant. Um, did anyone see them coming? No. I just remember looking and seeing Paul George going to OKC, and I was like, that was not an option. I remember watching college football two weeks ago and seeing Carmelo Anthony to the Thunder – I remember being kind of shocked, but it was kind of like, oh, yeah. But like, all we had heard was, you know, Carmelo yeah. only will go to Cleveland to play with LeBron or he'll go to Houston. Like, OKC was not on the table, and OKC was also not on the table in all the hypothetical Paul George signings. It was always, you know, he wants to go out to – I think it was a trade because he's going to L.A. in a year. When it's yeah, it is stuff. a trade, yeah. He wants to go to L.A. Like, he – OKC was not on the table. And these trades that they made for these guys are incredible. Yeah. Like, I don't have them in front, but they literally turn, like, dust into gold. Yeah. So, if these three guys can play together and Russ can learn to share the ball, I mean, granted, he didn't have a strong supporting cast last year to share the ball with in his quest for triple-double domination. But if he can share the ball, I really am super excited about the, the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, that's not to say that they're not going to be a great team. I think the internal struggles are going to be there, but these guys, they're good basketball players and they want to win. And you saw Russ and KD big times and they hated each other. I think you figure out some stuff and I don't know if they necessarily make a good pass at the Warriors, but I think you might be seeing them teetering at two, two seed. I mean, it's possible. It depends really Western on Western Conference Finals. Like I could yeah, that's what it. that's what I'm getting at. Because you're either a two or a three Logan. seed. I don't think they're the four, so you you don't have to face Golden State until the Western Conference Finals. So I, I could certainly see that happening. And I mean, they have some some strong, you know, supporting cast. I'm a big Stephen Adams fan. Yeah, Stephen Adams will be fun. I love him. He's gonna be fun. Jeremy Grant, ex Sixer, um, is on that team. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see. What, what's the over-under, Jordy? All right, so the over-under for the Oklahoma City Thunder is 51 oh, and a half. That's high. And that's a number. What? Well, it's a good number. It is a number. Yeah, you're right. It is a number. <laughs> the way the conviction that you say it with it implies that it's a number. Anyway, 
51 and a half, you're right. It's it's almost spot on of where you think they might be because it's really unproven, especially compared to the teams that are also in that 50 and above category. Um, I'm going to take the under cautiously, thinking that 50 might be the winner, but I don't know. if They, they could blow up and – I'm taking the over. You're gonna take the over. In on this, it's not like Paul Jordan and Carmelo Anthony signed in OKC not knowing what they were getting into with Russ. Yeah. They've seen Russ play. They know how he plays. I have to think there were some discussions about the play with the three of them before they all signed. So I'm in on it. I'm taking the over. All right. I'm the Thunder riding to the Western Conference Finals. All right. Some early you heard playoff it here previews. First. Yeah. Hot takes. Hot takes. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move divisions. Let's go to the Pacific. Um, I thought of the Phoenix Suns first. I thought of the the only team that's not in the state of California, so interesting there. All right, Phoenix. Let's. Uh, we don't have a lot on Phoenix. Yeah, let's there's take a, a look at the. On. There's not a lot. They've got I, Devin Booker. Got Devin Booker. They got. Um, hold on. They've got. This is great radio. They got Dragon. Uh, they the got, Dragon. No, Josh Jackson. They got Eric Bledsoe. They got Jared Dudley. Tyson Chandler. Remember him? Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be fun season for them. It's going to be yeah. – this is this division's not going to be a very fun one to watch. Um, but where, you know, give them their fair due, they could be bat- battling around with the Lakers and the Kings for – the bottom of that barrel, say what you will, what you think the L.A. Lakers can do. It's not going to be an exciting season. We'll get to them in a few minutes. But, yeah, I mean, you, you, we got to just figure out how – if you're Phoenix, rather, you got to figure out how all of your guys can work together, can kind of get it together, um, and kind of just wait it out until next year. There's not much else that you can say. Yeah, I like Devin Booker. I like him as a person. I like him as a player. But I think I think Josh Jackson is a good addition to this team, but it's just another young player. Like, besides Tyson Chandler, who is a vet that can kind of give these young guys leadership, but not really, like, that he's going to be, like, it's going to be leadership on the court. Like, look at me kind of take this over and dominate, and, like, this is how you gut it out and win because, like, he's just really old. Yeah. But kind of, I mean, locker room leadership, this is what it's like to be in the NBA. All of that, it's great, but I just think, I think we're a few years away from the Suns really making playoff berths yeah, getting and it getting it together. Yeah. But I do like the pieces they're putting together. I do like Josh Jackson, like I said, Devin Booker. I think Eric Bledsoe might be gone soon. I think if there's a trade coming, I think he's the trade chip that they use. Well, yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely where this team gets exciting during the season is who needs a player like Bledsoe and what kind of – what kind of deals are we throwing Phoenix's way? Right. Because really what you have to remember is that because of how everything comes together, you could wait until drafting to figure out something and kind of continue to let that that value rise or that you know need you know come up and come into its own. Um, but you know, we'll see how it goes for him. Phoenix over under at 28 and a half. Under. Yeah, I was yeah, I think <laughs> it's a hard under. I think a lot of teams in this division, as we'll get to. Um, really kind of overestimated for Vegas. Uh, it's funny. There's no one below 20. Interesting. Um, yeah. on the over unders here, but we'll see how it goes, you know, but on to the next team. Who'd you have after Phoenix? 
The Sacramento Kings. All right, another team that we uh, were just talking about. Not going to be very exciting for them this year. I don't. I mean, I like the Kings. I think I've always had kind of had a soft spot in my heart for Kings because I'm a big Boogie fan. I know he's obviously not there anymore, but yeah. I kind of prefer peripherally kept watch over the Kings. And I like their draft. They're just really young. They have seven first-round picks on their team from the past two drafts. Can you name them? Uh, I probably cannot. You can even look at a roster. I probably can't. you want to tell me who they are? I will. Uh, so De'Aaron Fox. Yep. Harry Giles, okay. who... He's out until January, but they kind of—it's kind of like I don't can't think of another sports equivalent. But you're you know you're you're buying low and you're hoping to sell high. Like Harry Giles, he's hurt, but he was once the top high school prospect in the nation. So like if he can get well and if he can be what his ceiling is, like these are great pickups. The ceiling is the floor. The ceiling is the floor. They also drafted Justin Jackson. He went to North Carolina, so that works. Another first round. For those that didn't get the quote before. <laughs> yeah. Um, Buddy, uh, Labassier, Malachi Richardson, George Papagiannis. Like, they have so much young talent on this team. They added George Hill, kind of a veteran presence. The problem with the Kings is. And Vince Carter. And <laughs> the problem with the Kings is. Not Vince Carter. But if these young guys don't step up in any way, they're so. Season. They're really old. They have Vince Carter. They have Zach Randolph. They have George Hill. You know, their average age is like 34. It's They need these young guys. But I'm really high on De'Aaron Fox from the clips I've seen in preseason. He was promised. He looks to be, you know, a really mature player on and off the court. And I'm really excited to see how his career goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see it. Um, I think they're probably a couple years from really get very similar to Phoenix. Um, but I'm more excited about the Kings than Phoenix. I'm more excited about their future. Well, they have just so, like you said, seven There's people from so the much. Yeah, yeah a, a ton of youth. And you're, I mean, likely you're going to be replacing those old guys pretty quickly because of retirement, <laughs> other than anything. Um, and, and we'll see if they can they can go out, get some, get some other guys once this all happens. But Again, kind of like with Phoenix, it'll be a, a long season for them in figuring out everything. You might be able to see them. They have the same over-under as the Suns at 28.5 wins. Uh, you might be able to see them hit that over. I'm going to still take the under just because of how good the, the West really is. Somebody's got to lose. It's got to come out to a net zero, uh, and I think the Kings are a big contributor to that. Yeah, I would take the under as well. So I guess my excitement kind of is coming from let's see what these young guys can do. But I just think that there's there's a lot in the Kings organization, and it would be really ironic if since we've just stolen so much from the Kings, if they kind of you know take a Philly approach and they have all these young guys and all these assets and see what we can flip them for. Um, but I just kind of like the chips that they have right now in their okay. basket. All right, sure. All right, so next you have the defending champs, the Golden State Warriors, coming in just as good as they have been. They can – I mean, you know you know everything you need to know about the Warriors <laughs> by just like, watching highlights last year. What do you – what can I say? Like they added Swaggy P. Like yeah. that's like a hilarious addition. That's like maybe 
good for like a couple ejections and like maybe a Snapchat scandal. But other than that, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and sort of they're on almost the same, boring to talk about. On the same note of the Snapchat scandals, they only play the Nets twice a year. That's where D'Angelo Russell went. Yeah. So I mean, could we potentially see you know some West Coast? You know, maybe snap. You know, maybe he tries to sneak his way in. <laughs> Who's to the yeah, Warriors locker so room? Dating these days. I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't follow too much on the uh, the dating scene of a one Nick Young. <laughs> but we'll. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's almost boring to talk about them. Just, but they're. I mean, they they have so many different ways to beat you. I mean, basically, pick your poison is is basically what they present to you when you play them. Um, and yeah, I mean, just get ready. You'll see them plenty on TV. Um, if you just, if you're, you know, you have to ask for, to stay up past your bedtime, just make sure you get your homework done. Basically yeah. is what, what you have to be told. I'm sure they're playing on Christmas. Like, yeah. Oh, they, I'm almost positive. They are. So. Um, but yeah. And, and then anytime they come to the East, all those warrior fans, they, uh, they're, travel with them. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, this team is going to be really good. It's hard to not think of them as the four-time defending Western Conference champions. Uh, I did find in, in doing some research that only a few teams have done four straight conference appearances in uh, in a row. And both of the two teams in their fourth go-around, it didn't go very well. Um, or one of them, Michael Jordan Bulls, although that's the West, no, the East. No, Michael Michael Jordan's Bulls did not. They did three in a row twice. Good that was their six. The Miami Heat with LeBron were demolished by the San Antonio Spurs in 2014, and I don't have the other one that's there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, not to say that this team is going to reach there and then all of a sudden they're not going to play good basketball because they have so many, like we said, so many different ways to beat you depending on the lineup they build. I mean, Kevin Durant, it's his second straight finals. You know, it might be LeBron's eighth or whatever the numbers. And yeah, I believe it would be eight or nine. Um, but, or no, it'd be That's eight. That's insane. It'd be eight. But still, you know, it's, you know, he's not tired. And, and they're, I mean, they're going to cruise pretty well through the regular season. Um, for under interesting because it's set at, if this would load, it's, I believe sixty-two and a half for for them. They're the only team that's above sixty, and and you're going to see a few teams hit sixty wins. I'm not saying the Warriors hit seventy again. Sixty-seven and a half is the Ooh. number, which I'm going to take the under on, simply yeah. just because they're not. I mean, they can take advantage of resting some people. Um, you know, they're probably going to win like 65 games, and that's all they really need. Take the LeBron approach and, and just get into the playoffs and dominate people there. You'll probably still get the one seed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's really all we can say that you haven't seen already in this and the uh, Golden State Warriors. Do you have the number of how many – what was their record last year? Do you have it? The record last year. If you give me a second, I can pull it up. I think – while you look that up, I think I'm also going to take the under – I this team is really good. Don't get me wrong, and I think they're gonna win the West and potentially another title. They won sixty-seven games. Sixty-seven last year. games last year. So you know these teams, they 
they're they can sustain it for now, but the, if they want to sustain it for a long period of time, like you said, there's going to need to be rest involved. Like people aren't getting younger; they're getting older. Not that this team is old, but just for longevity purposes, I think Steve Kerr is a smart coach. I think that he knows these things, so I I could see them taking more of a LeBron approach. I can see the masses freaking out because they're resting players in big games and people travel, and that's all terrible. But they want to win titles, and I I also would take the under just for you know rest purposes and purposes of playing to win the title versus playing to win games in the regular season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you just count the rings; it's not count the wins. Yeah. Um, but moving on, another team that we got in this division, probably the only other playoff team in in it. I do not have this team making the playoffs. Really? All right, the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> Let's get your take on it, Emily. I think that the loss of Chris Paul for the Clippers is going to be more detrimental to their play than people think. Okay. Like, who who is the Clippers' point guard now? Uh, it's going to be Patrick Beverly. I do like Pat Beverly. I do like yep. him a lot. But I, I don't know that at this point when coming into a new team, you know, Chris Paul had been there so long, there was a chemistry that he's going to be able to take up that leadership mantle right away. I – I think I'm in the minority. I don't get DeAndre Jordan. I don't think he's very good. I like love to laugh at him making free throws. Like you're a professional basketball player. I learned to make a free throw. Okay. It's not that hard. I mm-hmm. can make a free throw and you cannot in gazillion dollars a year. Mm-hmm. It'll just be interesting to see, you know, if Blake Griffin can step up and kind of take leadership of this team. And from what I've seen of him and, you know, that like weird thing with like punching the equipment manager it's like are you ready to take the role of the leader of this team like i don't that doesn't say leader to me and i just think that they're going to kind of flounder without chris paul there and they are not going to know what to do and i'm just going to like laugh at austin rivers not listening to his dad because that's also laughable that there's a person who plays that should not be really playing could arguably not be playing professional basketball who plays for a team and gets minutes and his dad is the coach. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you hear in, like, high school and, like, AAU basketball. That's why people hate LeBar Ball. It's just, like, so silly. Yeah. And I just – I think that you're going to kind of see what happens to the Clippers without the leadership of Chris Paul, and I don't think that it's going to go well for them. I could be very wrong. All right. So, a couple things. And they lost J.J. Redick. That's true. A lot of this assumes that they're healthy. But – Given that, in 342 minutes that that Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan played without Chris Paul last year, they actually outscored their opponents by almost five points per 100 possessions. Now, granted, J.J. Redick is somebody that you just mentioned. A few other players that were part of that. It's not just the two of them you know, getting all of this done. Um, it's something that, that, that you got to look at. I think health is their biggest thing. I'm again bullish on you know the health, cell cell injuries. Um, so I, so I I think they could make a run at the eight seed. Um, that being said, their over under is set at the Sports Illustrated article is being slow to Just loading. While that's loading, to follow up on what you said, when you know Blake and DeAndre have played together without Chris Paul, and they you know were plus five. I don't know that I'm talking about. Chris Paul on the court. I'm just kind of talking about Chris Paul as a presence mm-hmm. in the locker room on the team. 
I think that there's, you know, he has a sort of power and leadership about him. Like he's the, what the head of the NBA players association, like he's a well-respected player. He's a leader amongst them and you're, you're losing that presence. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and also, you know, everyone for a while was saying the Clippers, you know, this is their year, this is their year. But now I think they're on the, this is your, their year is not them getting the eight seed. Like there was always talk of the Clippers, like, you know, maybe challenging the Warriors a few years ago, but now it's like, maybe they'll sneak in and get the eight seed. Like they're clearly on the decline. They they lost Chris Paul. So like, that's like the first, you know, shoe to fall. And I think it's just going to kind of tumble after. Sure. And their over-under is set at 43 and a half. So that kind of speaks into what you're just saying, that they're certainly not looking to be a, a serious contender, a viable contender within this division. Um, I don't like them to hit it. So I think even with me saying that they might be the eight seed, that, that even puts it on the hot seat um, to, to try to even get there. Uh, but I, I am going to go with the under for them on that. I'll take the under two. I think, I think they're like a 500 team. Yeah. I, I could see them being 500. I could see them being under 500, frankly, um, kind of, kind of looking at everything, but we move over to the Clipper or to the Lakers, the other team in the Staples center who are midst of a rebuild. I literally, in my notes for the Lakers, I only have the names of the players that they drafted. Okay. Like, who was on the Lakers besides these players that who was on the Lakers besides Lonzo ball? Like I, I mean, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. All right. So there's some people, but like, if that's what people think is your rookie and that's it. And I mean, I, I'd like to think that I followed the NBA fairly closely Mm -hmm. and if pressed, I could probably come up with some people, but I think that's saying something. Um, That being said, I do think it's the start of the rebuild. If Lonzo is always cracked up to be, I think good start to a rebuild. Mm Mm-hmm. Personally, I just want to see the Lakers be bad forever because I think it's funny. But that's a personal tell, preference. Tell us how you really feel. That's a personal preference. All right. And not like a statistical preference. Okay. But that's what I've got. Yeah, Lakers over under. I think it's an easy under 32 and a half. I take the under. Lonzo's not going to win them that many no, games. No, not at all. That's a... The public, if they do love the Ball family, is helping to raise that number. Speaking of the Ball family, how about him uh, taking which one, Lamelo? Is it? Yeah, Lamelo, Lamelo out of high gonna school. He's going to be homeschooled now. Yeah, just silly. Lavar is silly. There is an article on Lonzo that I have not read on the Bleacher Report magazine that I would like to read because okay. I think that Lonzo is a good kid. And I think that he kind of gets hidden. It's sad that Lonzo is the second pick in the NBA draft, and he's kind of shadowed by his father. I think that that's sad. It is sad, and, and he acknowledges it. And I think Lavar is a to. good dad. I just think it's it's all too much. But that's not really what we're talking about here. But yeah, all right, moving divisions. <laughs> Sorry. Over to the Southwest, we start with the Houston Rockets. We already alluded to the pickup of Chris Paul from the Clippers, um, and and I actually. I like that duo. I think they're they're actually going to do pretty well. I'm excited to watch them play. Not according to those Madden commercials. They seem to be a little bit testy with each other. I haven't played intense online Madden with people before. Um, I kid, I kid. But I also think that it's good. I kind of 
neither of their personalities scream like overbearing to me in the way that, you know, maybe like we were talking about Ross and Carmelo, like that they would clash. Yeah. It will be interesting because last year James Harden pretty much played the point. Yeah. I think he was listed as a forward and you know, all this stuff, but yeah. he he was like Ben Simmons playing point. Yeah. But this year, Chris is definitely playing the point. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see like how he shifts back into his natural position. Um, and how that goes for him, like kind of not being the on the ball leader. But I think I I also I agree with you that I think it will go well. It, it might take a little bit getting used to, but Mike D'Antoni's a great coach. Sure. And I think that they once again, like these are really smart guys and they don't go into these these trades and these unions of these big star players blindly, you know, they have discussions about how it's going to work. And I don't think James Harden or Chris Paul or their agents or Mike D'Antoni are dumb. So I think that they have a plan of how it's going to work. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think just the big question for them is kind of how they build the team. Um, Like who, who else is on the Rockets? Yeah. That's (laughs) that's a great question. Trevor, Trevor Reese is still hanging around there. It's a little bit older. Um, yeah, PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon, Troy Williams. So you got some people you could slot in and out of the lineup. Um, I don't want to mispronounce Mabamute. Mabamute. No, Luke Mabamute. Yes. Big JoJo. He's a big JoJo fan. Yeah. He. We can thank him for JoJo. You know that, I'm right? Sure. Yeah. That's how JoJo got into basketball. He went to his camp. Ah. Okay. That's good to know. I did not realize that. But, yeah, so, so they got people they can kind of put in and out of the lineup and, and figure it out from there. Um, it's just – The success of the Rockets depends on the success of James Harden and Chris Paul together. It does, and, it, and really looking forward beyond that, it, it kind of depends on where do they ultimately fall seating-wise and how long can you stave off having to play the Warriors is really what it boils down to. Right. Um, but moving on, we What's next the over under. Oh yeah, the over under. Great question. The over under for the Houston Rockets, 54 and a half wins. I like that number. I'm gonna go the over for them. I'm optimistic on the Houston Rockets. I think they can get that done. What did they win last year? Last year the Houston Rockets went fifty-five and twenty. Then I'm definitely taking the over. I think they'll be better than they were last year. Yeah. Well, moving on. We have the Memphis Grizzlies. One of the two teams that I forgot when listing teams. I literally saw them play basketball on Wednesday, but I forgot them. That's all right, though. But (laughs) they come into this year kind of a new look Memphis Grizzlies squad. Um, You have Mike Conley and Marcus All still hanging around, but you lose Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, Vince Carter, and you place them with Ben McLemore. Tariq Evans, Mario Chalmers, who's coming off an Achilles tear, and then some, as Mark St- as Zach Lowe puts, some dudes who won't play. Young Chandler dudes. Parsons. Uh, and then he talks about Chandler Parsons as the the hope that he's fully healthy and coming off the bench. I do not know what the deal with Chandler Parsons is. Yeah. Like, he, like, will play good in Dallas, and then he, like, goes to Memphis, and he gets hurt, and then it's just, like, posts a bunch of nonsense on social media, and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. He, like, used to be one of my top five crushes, but I really didn't drop him. Yeah. Really yeah. dropped him. I think that the Grizzlies are a really understated team. Like, 
low-key good team. Oh. I know they're not that low-key. Like they made they're the playoffs good, they're last year. They're defensive stalwart. That's their yeah. mo. That's their big way to play. And that's the thing is like they need, like you know, Mike Conley has this like defensive mindset. Will he be the same as he was last year though? It's that's hard. Yeah. He was really good last year. He was really he was good. Really last good. Year. But and he but he almost for them to take the next step, he needs to be as good as he was last year and take that next step offensively. Yeah. With Marcus Saul. Like these are just like really like I said, understated players. You're in Memphis. There's not the big star, but they're just both of them are really good basketball players. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. And you know, and Zach Randolph definitely helped last year. Like he, I was like consistently picking Zach Randolph in DraftKings because he put up crazy numbers for me like every well, he's no longer there but... i know he's on the kings with all my young bucks yeah doing a little shuffle and the other old bucks yeah, yeah so i mean it, it'll be interesting to see how they they come in surprisingly they're over unders at 38 and a half which i'm gonna hammer the over there yeah um they also have a great coach yeah rick carlisle is pretty that is not the grizzlies coach sir you're on the Mavericks in your head. Yeah, you're right. I am. Um, David Fisdale. Yep, you're right. Take that for data, David Fisdale. You're right. You're right. Like, also lover of Ben Simmons, David Fisdale. I don't know if anyone saw, but his like post game comments were like, "I hope we don't have to play that for the next 15 years." You will. Um, but I tell him how it is. <laughs> wait till he gets the Sixers. Um, but yeah, they have a great coach. They have this good defensive mindset, and, like, honestly, in my mind, like, for basketball, like, if you play defense, like, anyone can learn how to shoot. Maybe not anyone. But, like, I think defense should come first because it's easier to teach you how to shoot. And I I just like this Grizzlies team, you know. They're in Memphis, and, like I said, they're understated, but they work hard, and they're, like, a gritty team, and I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, defense certainly gets – and no more Chan. Gets the job Coon. done. No more Chandler Parsons, Shancoon. None of it. Okay. Get it out. Okay. Bad juju. Get it out. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, moving on. The bully stick is almost gone. She's talking about our dog. <laughs> We've given her a, a toy to keep her away, and it's almost she's almost yeah. eating it. So Luna update <laughs> around nine o'clock on Monday night, but move to the San Antonio Spurs, a team that I think. It's not necessarily where they you know, revenge like they were in 2014, but you could see uh, angry Kawhi. I think. I feel, and I also I feel like the Spurs are almost like talking about the Warriors. It's like, what is there to say? Yeah. Kawhi is so good. Pop is such a good coach. The Spurs yep. are always going to be good. Yep. It's did they they like didn't add anyone? They didn't lose anyone. They're just going to roll with what they have and just continue to be good. And hopefully LaMarcus Aldridge just shows up. He's been weird since – weird's the wrong word to use. But it hasn't been the LaMarcus Aldridge we saw in Portland since really he got to San Antonio. And he basically just was non-existent in the, the Western Conference Finals. Um, I do think that the Spurs are going to have to start kind of thinking about bringing some youth in. Tony Parker is getting up there. He's in the last year of his contract. I'm sure he would love to stay a Spur, but – you know, he's not getting any younger. You know, they lost Tim Duncan, who's, you know, such a presence. Not really a presence. I'm sure he's a presence in the locker room. He's not really a presence in the media, but he's, you know, Timmy Duncan. Yeah. And 
I think they need to start thinking about bringing youth in, but like, I'm not worried because I'm sure Pop knows this. Yep. I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Kawhi is really good. He is indeed. But let's, uh, for the sake of time, let's move along because, <laughs> like you said, there's not really too much What's more to be said. Quit? The over under for the San Antonio Spurs is set at 53 and a half over. over. Done. Move on. Dallas Mavericks. This is going to be short because there's not a lot going on there. I think the Dallas Mavericks success depends on how fast Dennis Smith Jr. comes out of the gate. Okay. I, I think th- that. I think, you know. Do you think that they start to trade more players around? Do you think they flip Nerlens? Do you think they keep him and try to build around him? I think they flip him. They're being too. Yeah, I agree. With I, think they do, I think they do. I think they do Contract. Well. They're not being upfront. There's you yeah. know the discrepancy, but I am excited to watch Dennis Smith Jr. play. Just I know we're trying to speed it up. No, no, um, I was just saying that of, of. I know, but we're only on page on two east. of my notes. Yeah. And I have a lot of them. Um, he looks like the best point guard in the draft. Yep. From preseason, and I think if he can kind of come out of the the gate hot, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, Dirk is like Dirk looks. I read this somewhere. Like Dirk now looks like when you see other players that you compare to Dirk, but they're not quite as good. Okay. But like that's where Dirk is now. Like he's just like a little. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's gonna be like what's Harrison Barnes doing? Is yeah. he gonna take control of that team? Like, yeah, I, there's a lot of question marks that I think we'll see in due time. But I think the Cubes smart guy. He knows that this is nowhere near close to a finished product mm-hmm. and it's going to try to shuffle the deck up a little bit more, if right. you will. Um, but over-under for the Dallas Mavericks is set at 35 and a half. I'm under. taking the under. Yep. All right, so last team in the West. Then we move on to the East. New Orleans Pelicans. Another team that, that I think has some question marks around them, just really figuring out how to use Boogie and Anthony Davis together. together. Exactly. Um. It's a lot of people want to say this Twin Towers approach, but it seems like at the end of last – I mean, Boogie got traded at the All-Star break last year. Yeah. So they had some time to figure it out. I don't know that they quite figured it out. So it's just kind of a matter of can they figure that out? They added Rondo in the offseason. So are Rondo and Boogie going to click? Like they just need – they need two of those, either Rondo and AD or Rondo and Boogie to click and make it work. In New Orleans, um, I know that New Orleans wants to keep Anthony Davis. You know, he's the face of that franchise. But, like, how long can a player that good go without, like, making the playoffs, like being on this terribly mediocre team because Anthony Davis is that good. And it's people I almost feel – they don't forget it, but it's, like, easy to overlook because he's not on a good team. But, like, he's very good. And how long is he going to put up with being on a not good team? Yeah. No, no, no I agree with you. It, it'll be interesting to see how everything goes with them. Uh, I don't want to look at them in trying to make any serious plays one way or the other in terms of buying or selling. Uh, that said, I do think they're floating around You know that, that mid-mark for them. They obviously missed the playoffs by – about a, about seven games. Um, I think they get a little closer there, um, but yeah, I think you can figure out how to get Boogie and and Anthony Davis working together. And if you can get Boogie shot moving with Anthony Davis right up there on the boards and, and getting him to really be able to 
slam that ball home and, and figure it out from there. And the versatility that Anthony Davis has shown in his young career, I think uh, could be a fun team to watch, not obviously a serious contender. Over-under set at 40 and a half, under. though. Yeah, I'm going to go it's the under really as high. well. Yeah, they uh, they won 34 games last year, yeah. so you know, take the under there. Didn't really add too much on top of that, and Rondo's going to – we don't know how long he's going to miss. Um, but let's move oh, – do you want to give your playoff picks for the West, or do you want to move to the East and come back? Um, I can just run through them super quick. Okay. Um, I, It's probably obvious based on, like, who I picked for the over, but I've got – the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the Trailblazers, the Thunder, the Warriors, the Rockets, the Grizzlies, and the Spurs making the playoffs. Um, I think that we'll see definitely see Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. And I would have to say, you know, potentially it's, – it's hard to say. I mean, it just all depends on how the season shakes out, obviously. But, you know, if you're looking at the top four teams. You're looking at the Rockets, the Spurs, the Warriors, and I think OKC, which isn't that much different than last yep. year. I don't think there's a ton of turnover in the West. No. Um, I would guess that the Warriors, unless there's, God forbid, a tragic – not tragic, but, it, you know, season-ending injury. You just – you never know how the season's going to go, but I would put my money on them coming out of the West. Yeah, I would agree with Still that. Wouldn't, honestly. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty easy <laughs> lock there. But yeah, the not not too much difference in terms of in terms of picking playoff teams. I mean, we talked about this that those bo- those bottom four teams making the playoffs really depend on health and who can get their chemistry going at the right time. Right. Um, you know, the the Blazers missed the playoffs by a few games and or no, they made the playoffs, excuse me. They were the eight seed, but um, you know teams like, uh, excuse me, teams like the Nuggets, Pelicans. They weren't terribly close, but they could have gotten it going at the right time. They could have gotten something together. So really, we'll see how it all comes comes to um, if teams are dealing as well those bottom feeders that we touched upon. Um, there's certainly more talent to be sent around. I think in the West, there's some in the East that could. Could move, but let's move on to the Eastern Conference. All right, guys, that was the Western Conference preview for the East. Check out the next episode in the feed. As always, go check us out on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports is the Instagram and Facebook. Go check out the site, thunderblogsports.com. Don't forget to check out Emily's stuff at thirdandgirl.com. Looking forward to hearing your feedback. Thanks again.